Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Ever wondered how a book gets made into a movie? Or how to master the art of cooking? Either way, we've got you covered with the Two Guys from Hollywood podcast. I'm Alan Nevins, a literary agent and talent manager. And I'm Joey Santos, a columnist and celebrity chef. On our podcast, we're going to be serving you a fresh perspective of the entertainment industry alongside our favorite celebrity guests. As we like to say, we don't dish, we serve. Listen and follow Two Guys from Hollywood on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll talk at you soon. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Pharrell has taken over. Let's go. It's Pharrell. Coast to coast. Stakes, chicks, stacks. You and I are going to make a lot of money. It's Pharrell, coast to coast. It's Pharrell on the bench, coast to coast, in the biggest way possible, hanging out. The bass eater broken, ate a bad apple with a bad attitude, hanging around a bunch of bad atters, bad taste, bad luck, bad dude, bad breath, bad attitude, bad vibes. We are live in the Pharrell Appalachia, right across the river and through the woods from where Granny just rolled up a hybrid 19.5% Blackwater stick out in the backyard because she had a glass of vino for lunch in New York City. The Big Apple, ooh. People dressed in plastic bags, directed traffic, some kind of fashion, shake it up, should do But All my friends that come around, flats and flats, a party of rats on the west side, bed bugs uptown, what a mess, this town's a tatter, my brains are splattered all over Manhattan, should do be shake out, ooh. Hey, what's gigging? I'm Pharrell with Carver High Mafia, of course, LTN, running it from Kansas City, Mo, home of the Chiefs, Super Bowl champs, son, stay focused. They want to have NBA ball there, too. That's what uh, Patrick Mahomes wants, a little NBA lit, he said, Screw Toronto playing in Louisville. Bring him to Kansas City, son. All right, so uh, the birthday roll call, Lonzo Ball, 23 today. Evan Turner, 32. Andrew Bynum, 33. Sweet Lou Williams, 34. Brady Quinn, 36. Martin Prado, 37. And Mike Ricci, uh, 49 now. Jaron Jackson, 53. Rick Carlisle, 61, down in Dallas. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Coming up, Arash Markazi from Mightier 1090 in San Diego. We'll talk to him from Globe Life. He's at the World Series trying to see if the Dodgers will clinch tonight in Game 6 against the Rays in Arlington. Kevin Cash, we'll hear from him. He hopes the day off was good for the Rays. Blake Snell, the starter, we'll hear from him. Tony Gonsolin going for the Dodgers, we'll hear from him as well. He pitched earlier for like an inning and a third or something in Game 2. He's going at it again tonight. We'll hear from Dave Roberts as we head into game six. And he says the Mookie Betts trade was a steal. Gee, you think? We got your odds to win the series MVP today on Coast to Coast. Plus, tonight's game six odds. Rob Manfred says baseball have historic levels of debt after COVID affected the season. Reports say George Springer does not want to return to the Astros when free agency opens. We'll see if that's true. A.J. Hinch in the mix in Chicago for the White Sox job. 
Who'd you rather have, Tony La Russa or A.J. Cheater Hinch? Red Sox have talked to the Yankees about bench coach Carlos Mendoza. Backstabber. Going to Boston? For Christ's sakes, what's wrong with you, son? Stay focused. A's lay off 20% of their employees across the business and baseball operations. Everybody's going broke. Rams give Pharrell the five and a half easy double cover last night with a win over the Bears. The Bears exposed as pretenders on Monday night. Football, Matt Nagy will hear from Jared Goff on the show today. Is the Patriots dynasty dead? I hope so. Cam Newton embarrassed by his struggles. We'll hear from him. Should the Pats trade Stephon Gilmore? Tom Brady is the landslide winner in the Brady-Belichick divorce. Brady on pace for 41 touchdown passes. He's starting to look amazing. Chris Godwin had surgery on his index finger that was uh, broken badly. He's eligible, it looks like, for week nine. I'd rather just go with Antonio Brown, not start slinging rippers to the guy with the broken finger that was just cut a week before. We'll talk about the bonuses in Brown's contract for $2.5 million. No guaranteed money. Dolphins ready to start rolling with Tua on Sunday against the Rams. We'll hear from John Gruden, Kevin Stefanski on OBJ, Matt Ryan on. He wants to stay in Atlanta. Christian McCaffrey looks like he might be able to go tomorrow night against the Falcons. And the Panthers release quarterback Josh Hawkins after he was seen dancing in public without a mask. So he dances without a mask and they, he loses his job over it. They cut him from the football team. Honestly, we welcome in all of our radio affiliates. Check out our YouTube page. You can watch us do the radio shows. Just search Sports Grid Radio. Go to sportsgridradio.com. Get the Sports Grid Radio app. For all on events, Sports Rage and Bagels and Bad Beats, the overnight shows on Sports Grid Radio. We're also on Mightier 1090 in San Diego near Tijuana. Do you wanna? Mafield Talk UFC today, per usual. We'll get it all in. Plus, Rick Harrow on our Sports Business Report. Brian Custer joins us from Showtime Boxing as we get ready for Giovanna Davis against Leo Santa Cruz on Ween at the Ferrellamo Dome in San Antonio off the Riverwalk. Jerry Jones says Mike McCarthy is his guy in Dallas. They make Everson Griffin available for a trade. Nobody wants him. How about the defensive coordinator, Mike Nolan, in the middle of a press conference, gets Tabasco in his eye and gets lit up, starts burning, and he goes crazy in this interview. It's great. Seahawks running back Chris Carson week to week with a foot sprain. Kenyon Drake's going to miss a few weeks with an ankle. Who's going to win the NFC West? I still say Seattle will talk New Hopkins. Uh, that trade continues to look worse and worse for the Texans, certainly not uh, Arizona. Gase back Sam Darnold. Darnold looks beaten down. We'll talk about the draft order. We'll talk about tank for Trevor. Glass Campbell says no bigger rivalry in sports than the Steelers. Ravens, they play on Sunday in Baltimore. The Ravens signed Dez Bryant to the practice squad. That finally goes down. Washington looking at Eric Reed possibly to replace injured Landon Collins. We'll look at the biggest college football games this week. We'll talk about Wisconsin's quarterback situation. It's brutal. Uh, Jalen Waddle had successful surgery on that broken ankle. Lane Kiffin fined 25 grand for criticizing the refs. He says he's going to pay it in pennies. We'll talk NBA teams preparing for the draft and free agency. We'll get into everything. Cavs working out Obi Toppin, James Wiseman. That's who the Warriors and Hornets want. You get it all on a Tuesday on Coast to Coast. So don't go anywhere. Grab a freshie and roll with us, baby. 
sportsgrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. Sportsgrid.com. Hey, everyone. It's Michelle Williams, and I love being able to share my story with you on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, where my guests and I get real as we share the ups and downs of our mental health journeys, and I'd love for you to join me. I'm still on my own journey, but I want to be transparent with you because as I was posting all the highlights of my life on social media, I was breaking down and too many people fall victim to the picture-perfect image of the high life, so I created a space to discuss the good and the bad. We can laugh, man. We, we gonna learn, and most of all, I hope to inspire you to go on this journey with me to better mental health. This is gonna be your church, your turn-up, and everything in between. So join me on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, a safe space for every kind of person. Listen to Checking In with Michelle Williams every Tuesday, a part of the Black Effect on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, Pharrell, back on Coast to Coast. We bring in our good friend Arash Makazi from Mightier 1090 in San Diego. He's actually in Arlington, uh, ready for Game 6 of the World Series at Globe Life. And he's been there for the World Series, reporting live for Mighty 1090 and doing a kick-ass job, I might add. Uh, good to see you, Raj. Tell me what uh, your experience has been like at that uh, fantastic stadium. You know, people made fun of the way it looked. They called it a toaster and everything else when uh, they built it, and it was abused on social media. Too bad uh, people are stupid because it's turned into this uh, magnificent Shangri-La uh, baseball stadium, much like that SoFi uh, stadium in Inglewood that's so incredible, and we've seen it a few times now in primetime, how amazing it is, and I'm sure you've been over there. What's it been like for you in Arlington, seeing that great ballpark and being there? It's amazing. I mean, Scott, I mean, this is the Dodgers home away from home. I mean, they played the Wild Card Series in Los Angeles, and then from the Division Series, the National League Championship Series, and now the World Series, this has been their home. So if they find a way, Scott, to win the World Series, whether it's Tuesday or Wednesday, this will always be their home away from home. I mean, they have already had more home runs in their short time here in the postseason than the Texas Rangers have had. So this is their home away from home, not just in terms of the fact that they've been here for a month, but Scott, you walk the, down the streets of Texas, it is all Dodgers fans. The Dodger fans have taken over the ballpark, they've taken over the bars, they've taken over the streets of Texas. This feels like a Dodgers home game. What's it been like with the 11,000 or 11,005 uh, that they let in there uh, in terms of you know, that experience itself, seeing a World Series play out, you've been there, and every night people are in sections in little spots here and there and up in the upper deck as far away from the players and field as possible. What's it been like to experience a World Series with only 11,000 and change? It's been so unique. I mean, so they, they've sold tickets in pods of four. So, I mean, you, you really can't have a single person. I mean, there's so many people trying to find a single ticket. It's hard to find because you're not supposed to have a single ticket. These these tickets were sold in sections or pods of four. They've piped in some sound, though, Scott. So while those 11,500 fans have made noise, they piped in some sound. But the way that, that that game completed in game four, it felt like a full crowd. And that's a big thing. Just to have a crowd there 
and when they close the roof, that sound reverberates when there's a big play. And again, so the combination of the 12,000 fans and the piped in sound, it does feel like a live sports event with fans again, and which is something that I have not experienced. Yeah. You know, in California, it is 0% capacity. There are no fans. So to come to Texas, where I've been to a Cowboys game so far, I've been to a TCU game, I've been at the World Series, just having fans there changes it completely. What was it like on Saturday night being at that crazy game and you're sitting there covering it, watching it? Uh, we were all watching on television. Uh, I was home watching it in New York City and I'm sitting there going, this is crazy. What was it like being there, seeing that chaotic ending? It was surreal. I mean, the first thing that you had to do was to find the closest projection tv you looked at the big screen because what you just saw in real time did not seem real that was the craziest 19 seconds in sports history perhaps i mean i've never seen anything like it so the first thing was okay where is the replay where is the monitor i mean i have to make sure what what i saw was real it, it just it was surreal and just just seeing kenley jansen on the mound for every dodger fan over the past few years, 2017 World Series, 2018 World Series. I mean, as great as he's been, his time has come. He's no longer the cl the closer of this team. So what a wild ending, Scott. I mean, you've watched sports forever. I've talked to guys who've covered it for a long, long time. I've never seen anything like that. Hey, so uh, do you think that uh, they'll get it done tonight against Blake Snell? Because I have my reservations about Tampa's bats. Uh, I, I don't worry about the Dodgers one through nine. Their lineup is sickening. Every single guy literally has contributed, even with sacrifice bunts. Uh, the way they're running the bases with bats, the way they hit home runs, the way they hit into the corners, the way they hit into the gaps. Every guy is so dangerous. I don't feel that way about Tampa, but Blake Snell, when he faced him earlier, had him eaten out of his palms. Yeah, I don't have a lot of confidence in Tony Gonsolin. Tony Gonsolin is a good pitcher. He, he just has not performed well this postseason, so I don't expect him to go deep. Dave Roberts thinks he will. I would be shocked if he goes past two or three. If the if the Dodgers are to close it out tonight, Scott, it'll be because of the offense. It'll be because of the bats. It'll be because they have six runs quickly, and, and maybe that's how they win. I do think this will go seven, and they're going to give the ball to Walker Buehler, and that will be the series. I, I do think the Dodgers win this in seven. Would be surprised if they win tonight, but I know everyone in Los Angeles would love for this to happen because it's you don't know what's going to happen in the game seven. So if they could find a way, some way, somehow to close it out tonight, that would be fantastic. So, uh, you know, with everything that's happened in Lipstick City with uh, Kobe dying and then uh, the fallout from that and the community uh, bonding that – uh, came of it because I've never seen Los Angeles like that when I lived there where everyone uh, loved each other for a minute or two and then everybody went back to hating each other again quickly thereafter. But then to see the Lakers win uh, a championship and honor him and uh, Vanessa and the kids uh, and then to see the you know Dodgers now having this uh, you know flirtation with a title that they haven't had since 88. They've been in the World Series and they failed miserably. What's it like for you, uh, a native son of Los Angeles, to finally see some good happening with everything in sports in L.A., even after the death of Kobe? 
I mean, Scott, I mean, this has the chance to be the greatest month in Los Angeles sports history. Back in 1988, the Lakers and Dodgers won in the same year, but obviously they did not win in the same month. But because of COVID, we could see the Lakers winning in October and the Dodgers doing the same thing. So just after everything that this city has gone through, not just because of COVID, but the passing of Kobe definitely changed the entire community. I mean, if you were to talk about the most beloved son and the reason why Kobe was so beloved he came here when he was 17 years old. We saw Kobe grow up. We saw Kobe get married and become a father and become a husband. And, and so we saw him. He was one of ours. So to have him pass away and to have his daughter pass away, it was just so heartbreaking. So for the Lakers to win and the Dodgers to win. And, Scott, there's so many Kobe Dodgers jerseys. Obviously, he never played for the Dodgers, but that's the connection to the hat that he had to the community. So there's so many fans here post-game chanting, do it for Kobe. And it's like we, they, they, they want the Lakers to win, the Dodgers to win. You name it, this is good for Los Angeles. I mean, the Lakers have won a lot since 88, but the Dodgers haven't. And so you can almost smell it coming. I'm with you on the uh, game seven. I think Bueller was unbelievable against Morton. I've never seen Morton get hit like that in a playoff game, whether it was with Houston or with Tampa. I think that's the first game he's lost in the playoffs with Tampa. Were you surprised to see the Dodgers jump on him like that, like right out of the gates, Turner jacked a home run? What did you think of Morton's problems against the Dodgers? I was totally shocked. But the thing about the Dodgers is they have the bats. I've never seen a lineup like this in terms of, you know, I mean, they're, 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 they're deep. There's not a weak spot on that lineup when you go to Mookie Betts and Cody Pellinger and Max Muncy and Jack Peterson and Corey Seager. I mean, you, you go down the list. So as we saw in that Atlanta Brave series, they can get hot. They could, you know, hit 11 runs or 12 runs or whatnot. So, if the Dodgers are going to win tonight, for example, that's what's going to have to happen. They're going to have to put some runs on the board because I don't have a lot of confidence in, in the bullpen. And they're going to go to that pen quickly as soon as the third or fourth. So if they're going to win tonight and if they're going to win the series, quite frankly, it'll be because of the bats and those guys. Mookie Betts, Corey Singer, you name it, that lineup. Hey, so respectfully, I got 20 seconds. How's the gig going for you? Do you dig it? I love it, Scott. We talked about this is a dream job for me, doing it for the Mightier 1090. Great signal. You've touched on it from the Canadian Rockies all the way down to Baja. They can hear us. That's awesome. I'm glad you're having fun. Hey, I think it's really cool. You went and did the show and everything from uh, Arlington and enjoy yourself at the World Series tonight. Have a blast. Let's see if they bring it home. If not, we'll do it tomorrow night. Thanks for coming on Coast to Coast and uh, keep rocking it, Arash. All right, Scott. Thanks. There he is, Arash Markazi from uh, Mightier 1090 in San Diego. Uh, getting ready for Game 6 of the World Series tonight. When we come back, we'll dive more into it here from Kevin Cash and everyone else. Dodgers raised tonight. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Have you written a book and need some insight into what comes next? Or are you passionate about cooking and want to know how to make it your career? Or maybe you just want to hear insider stories about the entertainment industry. Either way, we've got you covered with the Two Guys from Hollywood podcast. I'm Alan Nevins, a literary agent and talent manager. And I'm Joey Santos, a columnist and celebrity chef. And on our podcast, Two Guys from Hollywood, we bring our expertise to the table – 
with, of course, delicious cocktails and all kinds of recipes for you to try at home. So grab a drink and join us. We've got a wide range of celebrity guests and Hollywood insiders to discuss pop culture, publishing, and entertainment. And we'll provide you with an unfiltered and sometimes brutally honest show about Hollywood. As we like to say, we don't dish, we serve. Listen and follow Two Guys from Hollywood on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll talk at you soon. That's right, Scotty. Game six tonight down in Arlington. You were just talking about it. Dodgers with the chance to get their first World Series title since 1988. They have been at the doorstep a bunch the last few years. They tried to close it tonight. Let's start with the Rays side, Scotty. Like you said, manager Kevin Cash, he hopes that the day off was a good thing for his Rays. Here's Cash. We haven't had the off day with this unique postseason uh, to process that much. Generally, it's been a, you know, what game after game six or after game four, all right, you know, whatever just took place, get ready to go play. Uh, this one, there's, you know, more thoughts. In a way, I think it's good. I mean, our, our, our bullpen is going to be that much fresher. Um, you know, if, if, if you want to talk about momentum, maybe you stop the Dodgers' momentum a little bit. Um, but we're, we're chomping at the bit to play. I mean, I, I, I'm glad we have the off day, but – I guarantee by six o'clock this afternoon or this evening, uh, wish that we were going to be at the field playing. I think all the pressure in the world's on Snell. I mean, uh, I got to tell you because uh, there's like one or two guys on the whole team that hit. Uh, I've had this conversation over and over. I just don't buy their bats. Uh, they are so sporadic, and they. Uh, I won't deny that they've been capable of having a burst or a big inning or a big night like they did Saturday night. But otherwise, uh, I've never felt threatened, you know, as I'm watching them, that they're going to just bust out the bats and just start, you know, destroying the Dodgers. I've never had that feeling once. I I feel like every time one of their guys comes to bat, it doesn't matter who it is, like uh, this Adamas guy. I mean, he's the easiest out in baseball. I've never seen anyone worse than him. And, you know, he's as cocky as they come uh, with his uh, – he's pretty boisterous and in the field he's having so much fun and he's – they talk about how incredible his shortstop he is. That's all fine. And Danny, he, I mean, a guy couldn't hit a wiffle ball. I mean, he's horrible. But watch tonight. He'll go four for five. Uh, but the bottom line is he's been atrocious. The guy that had the biggest slump, wow, he's been their biggest hitter uh, besides a Rosarena. I mean, if they win it, a Rosarena will be the MVP. That'll be that. But, uh, you know, the Dodgers are just flat out better. And I don't think they're afraid. Like, if they're not afraid of Charlie Morton, I don't think they're afraid of Blake Semnel. So, you know, talking like it's going to be some easy game tonight, Carver High, for the Rays because Blake Snell's pitching, I won't deny I took him. But I'm scared to death with the bet because I think the Dodgers uh, really want to just cut their throats tonight and finish it. Yeah, you're right, and it is the one good starting performance that they've had in this series was Snell in Game 2. He pitched well before he kind of ran out of gas in the fifth fifth inning, and they took him out. He's going to try to do it again tonight. Scotty, here he is. He is pumped to get the ball for Game 6. I'm pretty excited. I don't think I'll get anything past that. Um, yeah, I mean, either way, it's going to be a big game, um, and it's going to be a game that we need to win, so... However I want to look at it or, you know, make it look, it's going to be the same. We need to win that game. So, um, 
Yeah, I'm just, you know, I'm excited that I'm in the position that, you know, I get to pitch game six. I mean, they're not even favored, Carver High. I can't even believe it. Like, uh, this is not about Gonsolin. This is about the Dodgers one through nine, that they're just better. And uh, I think everyone everywhere except Tampa thinks they're going to win it in six or seven. No matter what, they're going to get it done and find a way. And uh, I'm surprised Snell isn't favored. I took him. I'm very leery of the bet. I'm not excited about it. I like him. I mean, at my, you know, plus a, a run and a half at minus a buck seventy four, whatever. Uh, I'm not even sure that appeals to me because the way the Dodgers are hitting home runs, you know, they won the other night by two runs. I could see him winning by five runs. Uh, I could see him. Uh, I don't even think it's a one run game the way they hit. So uh, it could be Bellinger tonight. It could be Seager. Seager could get the MVP uh, if he, you know, carries on the way he's been playing. I think he's the guy. It, you know, strangely enough, the guy at 30 to 1 was Betts. I think Betts has been incredible for him in the series. Uh, when he gets on base, he just always scores. He's stealing bases, doing everything defensively. I think he's been incredible, too. Yeah, I'm going to bring that back to you in a couple minutes, Scotty, because I want to ask you if you think the guy I have a ticket on for MVP has got a shot to still win it. You mentioned Gonsolin. We know this. He's not going to go deep in this game. This guy's going to throw, uh, you know, two maybe three if things are going well, and they're going to back him up with May and everybody else in that bullpen. Either way, uh, Scotty, here's Gonsolin. He's ready to go tonight, too. Uh, they told me after the game two opener thing that I was um, going to start game six. So I've known for a little bit, and, uh, you know, I've had a lot of time to prepare, and it feels like I've, I'm back on, like, a normal routine like I had all season. Yeah, except he was – basically terrible so i don't even think he'll go two innings i think he'll uh pitch an inning and then in the second inning they'll take him out i'll be surprised if he goes an inning and two-thirds that's what he went the first time right so their plan is this guy doesn't even factor into it they're giving him the ball for a half an hour and saying just don't go to the bathroom in your pants go out there and and deal with this and then we'll deal with the rest thanks because you don't matter I mean, let's face it's it. It's a simple. It, it's a simple formula for every guy that takes the ball for the Dodgers tonight, Scotty. Just don't give up a huge inning, and our bats will get it done eventually. One more for you. Here is manager Dave Roberts. He's very complimentary of the job that Kevin Cash has done for the Rays. Here he is talking about his managing style. Um, I've always admired uh, the way uh, Kevin manages uh, his players. He's a great leader of men. Um, I, I watch their team closely. Um, they play the game the right way. They're grinders. They, they, he balances analytics with, you know, just watching his players, trusting his players. Um, his players are kind of very unselfish. Um, they play the right way. I, I just, it's very mirrored, uh, the way we kind of look at things, I, I would say, but just have a lot of respect for them. Can you pass the syrup, please? Honestly, because you're just <laughs> rambling. Honestly. <laughs> Like, what are you talking about? I mean, honestly, why are you so nice? That's a nice little view he's got behind me. Are they in Arlington or are they, you know, a little vacation? That's a nice little uh, little breeze blowing behind Dave there. It looks like good weather they've had in Arlington, huh? A lot better than where we live. I'll tell you that. You ain't ain't kidding about that. Roberts also said, Scotty, that the Mookie Betts trade was a steal. Shocking revelation uh, from him there. No kidding, Dave. It's the reason why you guys are probably going to win tonight. I want to bring the World Series MVP back up one more time, Scotty, because, of course, I have interest in this. 
I got Justin Turner at 25 to 1 before the series started. He's now gone up to 9 to 1. He's homered in a couple of games in a row here. Scotty, if tonight, maybe I can get another Turner homer, maybe two. Who knows? I know Seager's been awesome, but do you think I still got a chance with Justin Turner here to cash this World Series MVP ticket? Yeah, why not? I mean, hasn't he let off with two home runs? I think the guy has yeah. been great. He's uh, had a bunch of hits besides home runs. I think he's played uh, phenomenal defense on the corner and had some great throws across the infield over to first. Uh, that's a great bet. I mean, it could very well happen. If that guy comes up tonight and goes, you know, gets three hits and a home run again, uh, he'll win the MVP. I have no problem saying that. Well, from your lips to God's ears, and you like the race tonight. You think that it is it has been a crazy playoff. The other the LCSs both win seven games. You're thinking that the Rays find a way here tonight with Snell and somehow get it to a game tomorrow night, right? I do, but uh I'm sketchy on it. I didn't, you know, go heavy on it at all. I went very light. I'm not a believer in this team at this point. Uh, but I, I hope they win. Because I want to see a game seven, and I want to see if Morton can pitch better uh, than he did against Bueller in their first meeting in game three. I think Charlie Morton's a lot better pitcher than he offered. Uh, I thought it was just a bad night for him. I thought they left him in way too long as well. They let him give up five runs before they took him out. Uh, In a game seven, that's not going to happen either. There's no room for error. I want to see Bueller-Morton. That's why I hope it goes seven, because I think that would be a magnificent game seven. I think tonight's pitching matchup is terrible. And we've been very lucky, Scotty. We've had some good game sevens of the World Series the last couple of years. You know, you had Houston-Washington last year. You had, uh, geez, Dodgers-Astros you had a couple years ago, Indians-Cubs. So we've had some, some good game sevens. Hopefully maybe we can get another one tomorrow night a couple other things in baseball rob manfred says mlb has historic levels of debt after the covid affected season just like we talked about with the hockey a few weeks ago scotty it sounds like rob is saying he's going to need fans in these stadiums for whenever baseball gets going again in the spring well i think it's uh you know evident in the fact that a lot of these teams are laying off their entire staffs and front offices and employees in the organizations everywhere the giants have done it the a's are doing it everybody's doing it because everybody's bleeding and going broke i mean this has been a horrible year for the world and certainly uh for business Uh, At every level of every form of entertainment, whether it's sports, movies, it doesn't matter. Television, radio has taken a bloodbath. I know, uh, you know, raging successful shows that were number one nationally in radio have lost uh, half and three quarters of their audience because no one's going to work in the morning in their cars. Uh, It's taken a toll on advertising and uh, sports, television, radio. Uh, Everything's bad. The economy has been crazy. Uh, You know, people are losing their jobs left and right. Unemployment scathing in this country. Uh, But the bottom line is uh, it's such a horrible year. You know, I mean, uh, it's just crazy. I, I just can't even take it anymore. Yeah, it really is. Uh, A.J. Hinch in the mix for the White Sox job. I'd rather have him than Tony LaRusso, Scotty. I I think I would, too. He's too old.
SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. You got to love it this Saturday night. Three-time world champion Gervonta Davis and four-division world champion Leo Santa Cruz square off in a Halloween thriller Saturday night. This Saturday, the 31st for Halloween, 9 p.m. Eastern on Showtime Pay-Per-View. This is as good as it gets. The main event, Davis and Santa Cruz, the WBA World Featherweight uh, Championship plus the WBA Lightweight World Championship on the line. Both belts, 130-pound belt and the 135-pound belt are at stake, and it doesn't get any better than these two. Davis is violent. He's a knockout artist. He means business. Leo Santa Cruz, my good friend, an amazing fighter. He throws more hands than anyone in boxing, in my opinion. You're going to see violence at the highest order in boxing that you've seen. It could be the fight of the year. A lot of people are already saying that it will be. And it's in the Ferelamo Dome in San Antonio off the Riverwalk. Ticketmaster uh, is selling tickets. You can go to Ticketmaster.com. There are fans. It's going to be uh, socially distanced. There's seating in blocks and separation. Uh, so it's going to be safe at the fight. The first time they're going to have fight fans at a fight since the COVID breakout. This is a huge turning point for boxing and for sports. This event Saturday night in San Antonio. There's other great fights. The co-feature, uh, the undefeated champ, Mario Berrios from San Antonio against Ryan Cowboy Carl, who was on this show for the WBA super lightweight title. Plus, another co-feature, Regis Progress against Juan Geraldez, a 10-round super lightweight bout, and an opening bout with Isaac Cruz and Diego Magdaleno, the IBF lightweight title eliminator fight. Great fighters, must-see fight between Davis and Santa Cruz. Great undercard. Saturday night, Showtime pay-per-view. Go to Showtime.com or the Showtime app, your cable operator, connected devices, satellite provider. Order the fight. You're going to love it. It's on Showtime, Saturday night, 9 p.m. Eastern. Davis, Santa Cruz, for the world. All right, Carver High, where do we go from here after all that excitement? How about a little Monday night reflection after I won everybody a bunch of money last night? Yeah, uh, just an embarrassing effort by the Chicago Bears out in L.A., Scotty. They lose 24-10. to 10. They were exposed as pretenders. I don't think the Rams are very good either, but they beat up on the Bears. Let's start with head coach Matt Nagy once again talking about his putrid offense. Here is Nagy, Scotty. There's not a whole lot to say in that locker room other than in these situations, uh, we got to be able to show what type of resolve we have to to bounce back from something like this. Uh, I, I thought that, um, you know, I don't know all the stats, all the numbers in, in the three phases, but I just felt like we knew defensively there was going to be times that they got chunks on us on with their offense, but we were going to, you know, bend and not break. I, I thought our defense for the most part did that. Uh, Obviously, stating the obvious, the, the offense, we we um, we got to get stuff figured out. Uh, it's not not good enough and to you know to be outscored by your by your defense. Obviously, is, is unacceptable too. You know, I'm not sure that they're uh, posers and pretenders. I think they have a violent defense. Uh, I think they get after it. I thought uh, Foles took some great chances. I thought he uh, threw some good passes. I thought his bomb. 
Uh, he was throwing a lot of deep balls. I, I thought he was going for it. I got no problem with that. I think he has better onions than Trubisky in terms of, you know, trying to pull stuff off. I thought a lot of his passes were terrible. Uh, it was a combination of the two, to be honest with you. I thought they had no running game at all. I thought their front line didn't protect Foles. I thought, you know, Donald and company were aggressive against the run, aggressive on the pocket. I thought the secondary, you get a couple picks. I thought, uh, you know, they played really well, the Rams. I, I don't know about you said you don't think that they're for real. I think they're a lot better than you do. Uh, I think that uh, a lot of people think that Seattle's going to choke now because they lost to Arizona, that they're not going to win that division. Some people are picking the Rams. Uh, other people are picking San Francisco to actually win that division. I still think it's Seattle's division. I think they're the best team. Uh, I still love Lockett and, and Metcalf and Wilson. How you can turn your back on those three because they lost a game. Everybody's so stupid. They act like you're supposed to win every single game in the NFL. And we all know that just doesn't happen. The Steelers are due to lose. They're playing in Baltimore this week. All the undefeated teams have dropped uh, a game. Everyone loses in the NFL. But fans, like, they turned on the Seahawks the minute they lost a game. And I just don't – I think the Rams are 5-2. and two. I think the Bears are 5-2. and two. They both are playoff teams, if you ask me, at this point, unless they choke. I think they both can finish the season and make the playoffs. You got an extra team in the playoffs this year. I think the Bears and Rams still both have a shot at the postseason. Yeah, they're both in the mix. I just think that after a while, Scotty, you know, you could say how bad Foles is and Trubisky's bad. I think eventually you have to start saying maybe Matt Nagy, maybe he sucks as a head coach. Maybe that's where we – or he's not the offensive mind that people think that he is. So I'm very down on Nagy, that's for sure. Jared Goff, he had a pretty decent night. He basically said, Scotty, that they took uh, all the mistakes that the Bears made. They took advantage of it. Here's Goff. It's huge. It's, it's momentum. And we, we talk about it all the time is points off of turnovers, points off of turnovers, whether it's a fourth down stop or actually a turnover. We had a couple of them, the interceptions. Um, and we, we, were, we were able to capitalize on one of them on, on the, I believe, the interception. Um, and, and, and those are huge. You know, that, the fourth down stop in their own territory, we'd like to get points out of that. That would have probably sealed the game a little bit earlier. But um, our, our defense played, played as well as they've played all year, and it's, it's exciting. I thought Goff did a pretty decent job. I was a little surprised they got it up to, you know, they were up 24-7, whatever. They had a big lead. I think that, uh, you know, I'm not with you on Nagy. You know, they made the playoffs. Uh, they've been there. They failed. Uh, but they've been there and I think learned from it. And then they come out and start 5-1. and one. No one was saying uh, Nagy sucks when they were 5-1. and one. They lose a game. Now, all of a sudden, Nagy can't coach. I don't believe that. Uh, I think there's a lot of young coaches in the NFL, McVay being one of them. He had all this success, went to the Super Bowl, everything else, lost, and then had a rough season, and people started talking bad about him. All these young coaches. I think Patricia's turning a corner. I got no problem with Nagy. I think Nagy's dealt the hand he's got. He's got... Trubisky and Falls. Are you really a buyer at the supermarket of those two quarterbacks? Wouldn't you rather have a star quarterback than two average quarterbacks? I don't think they have a running attack. Uh, I think they have speedy, quick receivers and a good defense. I think he should be able to coach this team into the postseason. I just think that he's supposed to be this big offensive guru, and his team is led by his defense. They were five and one before last night, five and two because of their D. Um, you're right. The quarterbacks, they leave a lot to be desired. I would just like to see him, you know, draw up a little bit something else or look, give try something different because it's not working. We play the same audio cut every week of Matt Nagy talking about how his offense stinks. 
Do something to fix it. You're a big offensive mind. Figure something out. Uh, here's a statement that we've heard a billion times, Scotty, over the past few years. It's never come true. Will it finally come true this year? Is the Patriot dynasty dead? Uh, there's, it's, it's been muttered before, and Tom and Bill usually, or shall, I, shall I say always, come back and show you it is not. Is it finally going to be over this year, Scotty? Well, I think this year it's over based on uh, their uh, depth. I, I don't think they have any depth. And I think that their starters are average at best. And I think that, you know, I talked to Jim McBride of the Boston Globe last night on Pharrell on the Bench. We talked about all the players, Collins, Van Oy, uh, Chung, uh, Hightower. You lose that and Tom Brady. And, and you have Edelman with a bad knee. Your season's down the drain. And the thing that we talked about more than anything else, and I know we're going to hear from Cam Newton here, is that he brought up last night, and, and I never thought of this, and I'm not that smart, SMRT. They actually, uh, some people believe that his shoulder is starting to become a problem again, that uh, he's throwing 98 yards, gets picked whatever three times. The guy looks terrible. Is the arm bothering him? He won't admit it. Players never admit when they're injured. They never admit when they have a problem that got fixed, and then it comes back to haunt him again, just like a pitcher, just like any athlete. They never talk about their problem until it's uh, over. Like these fighters, after every fight, they talk about my shoulder was sprained, my hand, my toe was broken, my foot was broken. You know, I had a migraine headache. Uh, I had the flu. I had to get an IV twice before the fight. Remember uh, your boy uh, Lomachenko? I had to get an IV, you know. But all I know is is that it made me wonder when I've seen him fall off the table like a noodle onto the floor from great in the first three games to absolutely terrible now. And then they're going to say, no, he had the COVID. They don't even know if he had the COVID. All I know is the guy can't throw the ball anymore. When is the last good pass you've seen from Cam Newton? It was in week one, two, or three, and since then, we're going to week eight this week. Cam Newton hasn't thrown a good pass since then. No, nope. since the Sunday night game in week three against the Seahawks, Scotty. That's the last time uh, that Cam Newton looked good offensively. He's embarrassed by his struggles. Here he is on WEI in Boston saying that he just has not been good enough. Here's Cam. Nervous? No. Scared? Absolutely not. Um, thinking, now that's now that's something that I could, you know, probably finger point. Uh, but yet, you know, there's no need to there's no need to to feel any type of way besides accepting all challenges. And you know, I have to get better. I, I, I and, and and I'm adamant about it. Look, if this guy has another bad game against the Bills. You'll see Jared Stidham as the starting quarterback for the Patriots. And we have only seen him in mop-up roles. So every time he's looked terrible, it's because he's come into a terrible situation and it got worse in the fourth quarter or the middle of the fourth quarter. And McBride said one thing to me. He said, let's see him play the whole game or bring him in at the start of the second half, at the very least, if you're going to give him garbage time. I think Cam Newton's in serious trouble. He has to have a good game of, against Buffalo. And I actually, uh, frankly, I don't believe he will because I think the uh, the Bills' defense is still stout, and I think they can give him problems in Buffalo. I like Buffalo in that game. I think the Patriots look like their season's uh, starting to look like it's finished.
And there's also talk, Scotty, that if they do lose this week and they go deeper in the hole, uh, Albert Breer of Sports Illustrated said that they may trade Stephon Gilmore basically to start the rebuilding process. They're going to have to pay him a lot more money in the offseason. Um, that would be – and he said a second or a third-round pick. I mean, he won Defensive Player of the Year last year, Scotty. I guess because you got to pay him so much money, that's why you wouldn't be able to get that much for him. Listen, I don't uh, disrespect his game. Uh, I think he's a really good player. But I have to say, uh, and you've heard me say this before, first of all, they've talked about trading this guy three separate times, and then that might be the truth in the matter that they have discussed it again of making a deal for this guy because they're paying him like $7 bucks more than they gave him a raise, right? And the reason I think he's so good is because he was on that team with that loaded stack team of Pro Bowlers and Super Bowl champions and all the starters went healthy. That defense made him look better than he is. He was never good in Buffalo. Now all of a sudden he's the greatest player on earth? No, it's because he played on the Patriots with a bunch of great players around him. Now he's playing with crappy players around him and he sucks again. Maybe he sucked the whole time. I think Tredavious White's better than him anyway. I think the Steelers have players that are better than him. I think Stephon Gilmore's the most overrated player in the NFL. You know what I said about him when he went from Buffalo to New England. I know he's had some good years there, but it does still hold true to me. Tom Brady, is he the obvious landslide winner of the Bill Belichick divorce? Listen, it's been uh, seven or eight games. Let's see what Tom does at the end of the season here down in Tampa. He's on pace, Scotty, for 41 touchdown passes. Your boy Tom Brady, uh, he's not going to have Godwin on Monday night. He's got to have surgery on his finger, so he won't play. He's missed a lot of games this year. And Antonio Brown officially signs the contract, Scotty. Look at these bonuses that Antonio Brown could get from, from Tampa. 45-plus uh, catches, receiving yards, 750 k if they win the Super Bowl. He's got a shot at that, Scotty. Listen, Tom Brady's playing great. Uh, it doesn't matter what anybody says. People don't like the fact that Tom Brady is still raking. That's what it is. He's gone to nine Super Bowls. He's won six of them. People want him to go away. He's better looking. He has a better looking wife, better looking kids, better life than you. And people hate his guts, but he's a badass. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Carver High's over here just ready to, like, kill himself if the Buccaneers <laughs> go to the Super Bowl. He's ready. Look at him. I can't He's have just it. just a mess. I just – please. I've seen it enough. or I've seen this guy win enough. I don't want to see that, like, that cherry on top of his legacy would be if he left New England, goes down to Tampa, and he wins with somebody else. Like, I just don't want it. Like, I want In this guy Tampa. to go away. Like, please, in Tampa, I don't need it. Let me just tell you, Scotty, I'll be the biggest Steeler fan in North America if they're playing the Tampa Bay Bucks in the Super Bowl that day. Please, just I want nothing to do with Tom Brady winning any more Super Bowls whatsoever. Uh, let's get to Tua here. He's going to start, Scotty, on Sunday, his first NFL start against the Rams at home. I've got some props for you, Scotty. How about this? Over under 11 and a half touchdown passes for Tua. Now, if he plays every game, that's 10 games. Over under 1999.5 yards. Will Tua light it up and go over these totals, Scotty, for the rest of the season? You know, I don't know, but that's a really hard bet, that 11 and a half, that he's going to throw 12 touchdown passes the rest of the way. Uh, you just don't know. I think he... Uh, runs in more touchdown passes that I'd be willing to believe that he'd do that 
than because I think he's going to be like Kyler Murray running the football, right? I think he's super elusive, and there's no denying he can sling it. Uh, I think he's going to throw some TD passes, 12 of them. I mean, that's basically, uh, you know. A little uh, over one a game. A little over one a game if he plays every uh, game. That's gonna, I think that's going to be difficult. Look, I'm worried about how's he going to do against the Rams and against Darnold, that pass rush. Uh, is he going to be safe back there? Are they going to be better because of him? Because they were uh, a half game out with Fitzmagic, and now they've turned to this kid. Or is he going to screw it up? I mean, uh, bottom line, I've heard their lines ready for him and the team's playing well and the defense and all this other stuff. No one's afraid of the Dolphins. I thought they were playing pretty solid football. Let's see what he does with them now. I believe he's got loads of talent. Let's see if it comes to fruition. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Build digital-first customer relationships with Salesforce Digital 360. Connect every marketing, commerce, and digital experience on a single platform. Innovate fast with easy-to-launch sites, campaigns, and apps. That's more relationships, more revenue, more return, and more success. Salesforce Digital 360. Hear from our customers at sfdc.co slash digital 360.